Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chat to Mac. This is the second episode now of my new podcast series, Tackling Mental Health in Young People. Before I start the, the episode off and introduce my guest for today, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone uh, for the love and support since I uploaded my first episode last week. Uh, the response has been amazing. I've had so many nice messages and comments, both privately and on the, the videos themselves. So I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone for that. Now, today's episode is with a boy that I've been friends with for years. Um, he offers quite a different perspective uh, on mental health in general, my sort of experiences, and he can actually comment well on his own. So today's guest is Greg Matthews. Hello, Greg. Hello, Thomas. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. So as I, was, as I was saying, obviously, Greg has been a friend of mine since year seven. So what's that, like 12, 13 years now? Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely class him as one of my best friends. He's been through a lot with me, highs and lows. Um, but talking to him off camera, he, he's, he's openly said that he's got quite a different perspective and opinion uh, on what my mental health issues had on him. Um, whereas Callum and Alex last week, they said themselves, uh, they've only known me a couple of years. They can only comment on what they've sort of seen in the last few years, whereas Greg has got quite a wider um, knowledge of experience with it and also his own problems. So going off, obviously, the first episode, Greg, what was what was sort of your opinion on, on what happened to me and how did it sort of affect you? I mean, to be honest, it was not... Because obviously, like... I've gone through my sort of like own things. It was easier to sort of like recognize it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, your mates in the last podcast said that they'd never really gone through it, so obviously it's hard to like identify. Yeah. But knowing you since year seven, and then obviously like in year eleven we became a lot, lot closer. Mm -hmm. And then through like year twelve, year thirteen, and obviously when you went up to like Mason and stuff like that, we went obviously like fell apart a little bit. But then I think particularly when, yeah, it was around obviously the time that your mum died, I think that's when me, you, Ross, we pretty much just became like glue. Yeah. You know I mean? mm. And so <clears throat> today, mate, it was, it was quite, it's because I've seen you from being the confident, happy chap, you know, always up for a laugh, always going out in your car, being a proper little rude boy and whatnot. So then, <laughs> being at your lows and I think yeah it was just a massive shock just seeing like a major major contrast and stuff like that um to be honest there were times I think it's, it's such a weird sort of like thing to sort of like look back on um because we since obviously like your mum died we'd actually done like quite a lot together and we've mm. never really spoken about how you felt if that makes sense yeah I feel like it was always a sort of duty from myself and probably those around you to sort of like distract you from it rather than actually confront you and say, mate, are you okay? Um, yeah, it was, it was quite a, it was quite a weird one. Do you think it was like hard for you to like talk about it in the first place? Uh, yeah, it was, it was obviously really hard. Um, like you say, when you expect, I'd sort of expect friends to be the ones that I'd want to take my mind off of it. Um, like obviously we went on a couple of holidays together went to Prague and Ayanapa um, and they're the sort of places I wanted to do and I wanted to go for a laugh yeah. um, you know take my mind off everything what I didn't want to do is then say oh whilst we're here Greg and Ayanapa having a great time 
can we talk about this? That wasn't yeah. the plan. And it got to the stage where I started doing that with family as well. I thought, well, you know, I want to, I want to have fun with my family. I want, you know, especially when my mum was still alive, but you know, slowly going, I wanted to enjoy them last moments. I didn't want to then say, oh, you know, mum, I've got a problem. Like, I'm actually really suffering and I'm struggling to come to terms with you not being here anymore. Um, because she was, she was the reason I was upset. So I didn't want to talk to her about it. So then yeah. if you then put all that together and you think, okay, well, I don't want to tell my friends because I want to have a laugh with them. I don't want to tell my family because it might upset them. Then you're sort of left with no one because they're, they're your supports, they're your friends, your family, they're the ones you, you talk to. So then I think that's probably why I chose not to speak to like, the likes of you when we'd be on a holiday or, or any friends I might have had because who yeah. wants to be the person to say, oh, we're having a great time, boys. Oh, can we talk about me not feeling too great, please? Yes, it's, this is this is the maddest thing. So I remember, obviously, yeah, like when we was in like Napa, Prague, having it large, you know, with the boys. <laughs> I remember it was probably, yeah, 2019 when obviously like you started, you know, taking things to a sort of like new level, if you will. And that's when I feel that I probably like spoke to you about it. Mm. Like a whole another year after, um, like you was going through it. So that that was quite mad. I think I don't know. It, it, it was like quite a strange thing. And I understand what you're saying, obviously, where you don't want to ruin a good time and whatnot. But now, for me, looking back, a part of me feels like guilty for not just saying like, "Shit, man, are you okay?" Mm. Like, I know we're out here having a good time, but you're clearly not in a good headspace. But then also, a part of me is like. You, you should have trusted me more just to tell me. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Because I'm not going to say, oh, man, mate, like, you're ruining my holiday. I would have completely sacked off the holiday for knowing, like, you was all right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, So was it a case of, like, like was you just scared? Like, why, why did it lead for you to, you know, because obviously I don't know how comfortable you are with me, like, saying things, but obviously you messaged me, you know, Snapchat me saying that you've done things to yourself. Mm. And obviously that then puts me in a, because you know I'm in London, that then puts me in a situation of like, what the fuck can I do? Mm. Sorry for swearing on that. Um, yeah, like what, what the hell can I do? Like, obviously I'm so happy to tell you, but mate, like, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't come and see you. Do you know what I mean? Obviously that's where Callum and Alex had obviously like a different approach. Mm. They could literally come to your house. Whereas I was stuck. I, I couldn't help my best mate. All I could do is ring you up. But if you don't answer your phone, what else can I do? Do you know what I mean? I can't call your dad, can't text your sister or anything like that. Mm. So, to know, like, what's your, were you scared to tell me or did you just not want to tell me? Or were you trying to think that it wasn't actually happening and you were just like, I'm okay, this is just going to pass? Yeah, yeah. To be, in all honesty, I think in, from my perspective, I used to think, well, I know it's happening. It's in my head. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know I'm not right. But at this moment in time, no one else does. So I'm, I'm cushy, I'm cool. Um, you know, I'll just get on with it on my own. And then it was when Mike, like I said last episode, when Mike from Love Island died, I thought, wow, like, this is actually quite serious. I can't, I can't deal with this on my own anymore. Could he clearly did and look at the, the outcome. So I yeah. think, I think why I didn't speak about it for so long, and why I just kept it to myself for, I mean, people think it was just after mum died. This, this has been, it was going on for years, like, it was before my mum died because I knew it was coming. And I think the See, reason I that... didn't I didn't know that. Not... Even like do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like 
it was it was there for a long 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 time it was just as time went on i just buried it deeper and deeper and deeper um mm -hmm. and i think the reason i didn't say anything was because all the time it was just in my head it wasn't real and right. i think then eventually speaking to someone about it like when i went to my doctor about it for the very first time it just happened the doctor was the lady that my mum would deal with through all of her treatment um at the health center and for whatever reason it just happened to be her that i saw on that day which i think was a bit of a looking back i think it was a bit of a sign that it, it had to be her it couldn't have been anyone else yeah and she looked at me and she went you're not all right are you and i just it was like it felt like being sick it was like there's my issue and as she was speaking it was coming up and up and up and before i know it i said no and i burst into tears and i just started crying and crying and crying and that was the first time it, i mentioned it and it felt like a weight was off my shoulder but at the same time it was now out there like some another human knew about it yeah for a, for a long time it actually made me feel worse because it was now real i had to actually had to start dealing with this now and then i thought well if i can tell a doctor who i don't know on a personal level i had a lot of respect for her for what she's done for my mum but i didn't know her on a personal level i thought well i can definitely tell the people closest to me so then that's when i started to reach out to people um, again but the more people knew the more real it was becoming um, and then the feelings I sort of had buried were now actually starting to come out so the sadness yeah. the the anger the it wasn't even the want to hurt myself I didn't want to hurt myself it was just the only way I could release any anger um, yeah so I think yeah a big part of it was I just didn't want to I didn't want to make it real and talking about it made it real but if I hadn't spoken about it and I didn't you know make it real uh, when I did and left it then I might not even be able to do this so obviously it needed to happen um and the only way I can describe it it was like a bit of a ticking time bomb so yeah the longer you leave that bomb uh the mm -hmm. more more likely it is to explode and I think I wasn't far away from it exploding I'm glad I'm glad I did choose to speak out when I did yeah that's that's the scary thing like as much as obviously you know I backed you to have like you know a very strong head stuff like that there were times when i genuinely thought oh, my, i'm gonna lose a mate like mm. genuinely I'm gonna lose a friend i think for me the main one was when yeah i was at university and to know it's quite weird talking about so obviously i remember i was in my library the uni library with a few mates and you was just messaging me saying i'm not okay i'm on my way home i'll call you when i'm on my way home but when you said that, part of me was like, what if he doesn't make it home? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you're in, I, for me, I felt you were in that mindset of you were like, listen, if I go, I go. And that was probably, like I said, like, I felt like trapped in London. That was the most terrifying. Because I remember I called you and you were so, like, monotone. Mm. Like, I was like, mate, are you okay? Are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was just like, I've, I've sort of like lost him, like you had no emotion. Because I tried like trying to get it out of you. I was like, listen, mate, like, what's going on? He was like, I just feel depressed. I want to kill myself. And I was just like, I, I can't do anything. Do you know what I mean? And looking back and obviously, like, I'm so glad you told me, but at the same time, I was just like, just don't be selfish. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, mm. this from my point of view, I was just like, you doing that to yourself, you like, you know, ending it all is the most selfish thing you could have done to everyone around you. Now, obviously I know 
from experiences and obviously from what you told me, you don't think like that. Do mm. you know what I mean? You want you just think about yourself, obviously. But I remember you told me like one powerful thing which made me think, okay, he's got this. So I remember you said you was like, oh, I always think of like, oh, if I did it, then I'd be at like the gold gates, or whatever. And I remember you said like, my mum will probably be there waiting, saying like, what have you done? Yeah. What have you done? I remember like that stuck out, like that conversation that we had. Yeah, well, I, I, men- I mentioned that in the last episode about the turning point for me was sort of look, flipping it and thinking about how my mum would see it and thinking, well, she wouldn't be proud of what I was doing. She would be ashamed of what I was doing. Mm. Um, and I do I do agree. It, is, it was selfish. And I used to have that opinion before I suffered mental health. I always used to wonder, yeah. like, I always used to think people that commit suicide it is selfish because all you're doing is moving the pain onto friends and family. Like, you think for my family, my sister had just lost her mum, my dad had just lost his wife, and then I was going to go and end it myself and add more stress to their life. And now my sister had lost her mum and her brother. Do you know what I mean? So I do agree that although it takes a lot of balls to do it, because, you know, actually going, going through and doing that is... I don't think I ever actually would have had the balls to do it personally, but yeah, it is it is selfish <laughs> because, like I said, you are just moving that pain, you're moving that upset onto someone else. Um, and I think when I started to change my whole perspective, I'm a strong believer that mental health issues they can they can be eased just with trying to change our whole perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So I went from being, I you know, no one wants to be around me. I, I can't live without my mum. To hang on, well, what if I think about it like this? Everything I now do going forward, I think my mum would think, you know, my mum might be proud of this. I'll do the marathon. Everyone was saying your mum would be proud. I think, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to give her any reason to look down and think, idiot, what are you doing? Yeah. As soon as I changed that perspective and actually started to think, well, everything I do from now on is in her memory. So I've done football matches. is to make her proud. So I ran the marathon and things like that. That's that for me was a massive turning point, but you can't you can't really comment or you can't you can't expect someone to do that in the moment because it took me I had to experience it before changing it. Um, mm. But I do hope these these sort of videos when someone listens to this and thinks, well, I'm in that situation. I feel like there's no light. I don't feel like it's going to get better. You know, me and you are both we've both suffered with mental health problems, and we're both here now talking about it which has been a stigma that men can't talk about we're both men we're both yeah. talking about it um and and that that's sort of hopefully where where people will choose to go they'll go to a doctor they'll go to a friend or family rather than this you know just letting it build up inside them yeah i think obviously i don't want to like gash up anything but you are an inspiration like you genuinely sure. are like i think like you haven't had an easy run in the past well, it's coming up to four years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and within them four years, so much has happened. And yeah, like you say, for you to sit here now, do what you've done, raise what, like 30 grand was it? Yeah, 30 grand. Something yeah. like that. For charity, off your own bat. I just think, mate, it's, it's admirable. It's so admirable. So, yeah, bro, right. to, yeah, to anyone that is sort of like listening or watching, just look at Tom. Like, he's, he's done it. He's completed it. Do you know what I mean? No, it's true though, mate. Like, genuinely, there's you're my best mate and to know what you've gone through and to see obviously like you're still here and also 
not being afraid to talk about it, challenging like channeling those energies into something into helping people, it's mental. Like it's like it's such a good thing. Like honestly, it's such a good thing. Like I know other people that have gone through it, and because they've gone through it, oh, I don't talk about that time. I don't talk about that time period. But you openly talk about it, which is such a great thing because yeah, bro, like so many people are scared to chat about it. So many. I think as well, yeah. just going off what you know the feedback I've had from the first episode and things like that I don't think people realize how many people actually suffer with some form of mental illness whether it's depression anxiety stress and I think everyone thinks that they've got to be at like at my end of the spectrum where I was thinking of committing suicide to talk about it when even even a small you could just be stressed at work or uni at school and you're just stressed that that feeling of stress that you hold inside you that could be the start of a bigger issue later on if you don't talk about it now and get it off your chest now. Um, but obviously, like you've you've had your own your own issues with mental health stuff as well. So, do we, how do you feel about telling the the listeners? Obviously, what what's been going on with yeah? To be fair, I think obviously mine and yours have like they're similar, but also very very different. Mm. Um, so for me, I think it stems like way back when like, I've always been like an anxious kid. I think that's the first thing that ever cropped up, just being anxious. Even when it was from something like mucking around when I was like, you know, nine or 10 playing not down ginger. I was always thinking of like, anxious. Do you know what I mean, I was always just sort of like on edge with things when it came to confrontations, always hated it. So I'd always had this like idea of always do the right thing never put yourself in trouble, all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, I think what when it really came to sort of like fruition was probably maybe when I was 17, when I had my motorbike. And did I tell you about the story? I almost got hijacked. No. Do you not know this story? Oh, no, you never told me this. Well, I got hijacked. That's some GTA thing. Yeah, no, like three people in a van stopped me on Armstrong Road near the AstroTurf and tried taking me and my bike. No, you've never told me about that. Oh, fair enough. So yeah, that, that I think that was yeah, like a turning point for me. That's when I generally thought like die here sort of thing. I was seventeen, on my way into town, a few beers with the boys, and then yeah, bro, like literally three people came out of van saying we're gonna take you and your bike. And I was just like, What is going on? Didn't even think it was real at the time. No. Then after that, I like lived my life like on edge. Mm. Well, like, out of really- sort of fear that something like that was gonna happen again. Yeah, it just made me feel so like like naked, do you know what I mean? Like anyone can get it sort of thing. Mm. Like I thought I was safe just me and my friends and whatnot. But then no, like I could have you know, something bad really could have happened. And then I think when I went to university as well, that's probably when things mental health wise probably sort of like, you know, really sort of like developed because I moved to London when I was eighteen, I was on my own. Didn't have to do anything. I didn't even have to look after myself. I didn't mm. even have to cook or anything like that. So automatically, I wasn't treating myself right. And then obviously, I was just on my own. And then things sort of like build up and build up and build up. I could have lived on campus in my first year, but I decided to live away from everyone because I thought I didn't need, you know, new friends because I had like Ross and Luke. And, stuff. and then when they sort of like left London, I was like, oh, I'm on my own now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think. A massive thing as well was obviously like me and like my family experiences and stuff like that. Obviously, I won't go into it like too much, but yeah, like, you know, 
like family members and whatnot it's never really been like smooth sailing mm -hmm. so i think that's always just sort of like made me like reaching out for like something more always wanting something more if that, if that makes sense yeah so and it's like the complete sort of like opposite for like you do you know what i mean like you want to see your mum again whereas my situation sort of like a little bit different in that sort of sense do you know mm. what i mean and i think yeah i think that's what sort of like also where it stems from but i don't know man i think for me the best thing that i ever did yeah was just speak to people like speak to anyone and everyone like i remember when i used to do counseling i used to have to like tell um four different counselors so many different things because i'd get like a new counselor every like few months or whatever but the best therapy I ever did was, yeah, talk to people and just talk to my friends. Like, I've got no shame in telling people how I feel. I've got no shame in, you know, not like exposing myself, but just saying, like, mate, I'm not okay. Do you know what I mean? Did you ever feel like you were like that or were you just bottling it up and you didn't think talking about it was the right thing to do? Uh, at the time, um, I think when... Were you too proud? Sorry? You're too proud of yourself because uh, yeah. let's be honest, like you know who you are. You're a confident lad. Were you like, I don't want people to see me vulnerable? Yeah, to be honest, like when I was at school, like I'd say I was quite a relatively popular person. Um, when I left school, went went in went into football and stuff again. You know, like I was the captain of Maystone's academy. Um, I'd had a really good sort of background with football at professional clubs and stuff. So. I, I was a confident person um, and I, I did sort of feel like I'd gained quite a popular um, sort of viewing on myself from from peers and friends and, you know, everyone in around my sort of community and stuff. Um, so I think when when I thought to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm not all right, I need to talk about it, I suddenly then thought, well, everyone thinks I'm this really strong person. Everyone thinks I'm this really confident person, funny person. Um, and obviously all this was after I'd done all my fundraising. So I'd, I'd won two awards in fundraising. The amount of people that would message me saying, oh, you're, oh, I couldn't do what you've done. You're so brave. You're this, you're that. I then suddenly thought, well, how, how can I now come out and say I'm not actually that brave? I'm not actually all right. Because everyone, everyone thinks I am. I can't let people down. I can't let people think I'm not this person of put me on this real pedestal I can't I can't allow people to think I'm not that person so to then actually come out and talk about it although I find it quite easy to do now at first it was it was so so scary because I was petrified at what people would think about me um and you know people's opinion would change of me um friends wouldn't want to be friends with me my family would you know reject me which looking back now, it sounds so stupid, but at the time, like that's generally how I felt. Um, so yeah, I think that's why I, I struggled to mention it for a long time. Um, mm. And like I said before, when Mike died, um, obviously he committed suicide. He was, he was what I thought I was, you know, popular, maybe not wealthy, but you know, he obviously had good money, fame, things like that. And I thought, well, if he's, he obviously, sort of fell into the same bracket he didn't want that image to be ruined he didn't talk about it and he bottled yeah. it up and yeah the reasons he was feeling that were very different to mine but the outcome yeah. could have been very similar um 
So I think that was a real wake-up call. And when that happened, I was like, yeah, this it's time to talk. And I think the next day I, I booked an appointment at the doctor's. Yeah. Yeah, see, see that's, that's the thing, man. I feel like I can relate to that as well because I may not be as popular at school, but, you know, certainly it's funny. But, um, but no, yeah, so because of, like, the character I am, I think we can all agree that I'm an out-there sort of person. Yeah. And especially yeah. at uni, you know, that's sort of, like, the person that I am and being on, like, the football team and stuff like that and going out. To then, yeah, like, openly say, like, listen, I'm not okay, but I feel lonely a lot of the time you like you say like you feel sort of like ashamed to sort of say it you know 100 in the beginning i was just like i can't let people know that i'm human if that that's how it sort of like felt i was mm. like i need to keep up this persona but you know when it, it and it was so true like when i'd like come home sometimes i'd just be like just on my own mm. i'm just on my own like i feel so sad and lonely like i'm playing up to this sort of character and then as soon as I spoke about it, people were like, mate, it's okay. Mm. I, I, think, like it's I think that falls quite nicely into the whole, the stigma in men. Yeah. I mean, it's something that is spoken about a lot more now. Um, but, you know, men men do have this stereotype around them that they've got to be the strong one. They've got to be the, the one that puts food on the table. If they've got a family, they've got to be the one that doesn't show any weakness because, you know, they're the man. They've got to be the man of the house. They can't show weakness or fear. Um, so I think now slowly through time, that that sort of wall that men can't show emotion is slowly being broken down. Um, yeah. And obviously we're two um, sort of uh, signs of that, that that is the case. But I still now do think that there are a lot of men out there that, do feel extremely pressured in life, um, in sport as well. Um, I think, like you said, when you was in the football team, like the persona of a football team is they're lads, they're full of banter, you know, talk about girls, going out drinking. But you, you know, you can't be in that, but then want to talk about your issues. That just doesn't go together. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I'll see where you say that eventually, even though you was in that sort of crowd, you found the inner strength to go out and actually talk about it i think i think you're yeah. you're this is inspiring because it takes a brave man to do that um so you know well well done to you and a round of applause yeah, yeah. yeah i mean no to be fair like for me i think i just recognize it so much more now i just like it's the same as well, like listening to your body i listen to my head mm. and i recognize like my triggers, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I recognise what's going to make me upset. I recognise what's going to make me happy. And I just really, really focus on that. Like for you, are there, like to this day, like triggers where you think, I'm, I'm not feeling too bad. Like, I'm not sorry, I'm not feeling too good. I need to sort of like get back to where I was. Are there any things that trigger that? Yeah, I mean, anniversaries are always tough for me. Like, and it is around this time of year. It don't, it don't help that it's obviously winter. Like everyone feels a little bit more down and stuff in the winter that's, that's just yeah. natu natural i think um but now i mean if i take you through the next few months next month it's the four-year anniversary of a dying the month after that is the anniversary of the funeral month after that is mother's day also in that month is her birthday so there's four quite big dates that come around the same time every year obviously um which I wouldn't say I have to keep an eye on myself, but I just have to, I know now that, you know, the best thing to do if I'm starting to feel a bit, you know, a little bit down and stuff, 
I know now, just ring my sister. So I was just thinking to mum, like, do you want to talk about, do you remember when she done this? We'd sit there and have a little chat about her. Whereas mm. before, I probably wouldn't have done that because I didn't feel like I needed to do it. Whereas now I know that if I'm feeling a bit down, I'll look through some pictures, I'll I'll go up the grave and have a little chat with her at the grave. I'll look back at, um, I don't know, one of the football matches that I've done in, in her memory. And I just I just try and think of things positively. Whereas before, I didn't have that that sort of idea of doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I obviously I have, to, I have to keep an eye on myself. I think everyone should, you know, make sure they're, they're thinking the right way and they're open with people and yeah do you think the fact that obviously you have like a girlfriend now has helped like in all honesty like, that, yeah like, like, comfort knowing that someone's going to be there for you definitely like when if i remember rightly with the dates when i met izzy we were that was july and i started i hadn't self-harmed since i've met izzy luckily but I, I was sort of just about starting to come up, you know, I've, I was down for a long time and I was just starting to come up uh, when I met her. And I think her support has been incredible. Like she come in when I was like that. Um, and then a month after we got together, obviously my ex-girlfriend Leah, who I was with, with when mum died, so I have a big connection with her, she died. And that was in the first month of being with Izzy. So Izzy had to deal with me, sort of trying to keep me up after what had happened before, which I was very open to her about when we met. So then now I'm having to deal with my ex-girlfriend dying. Um, yeah. And she had to deal with that as well. So she had two real big issues in the yeah. stage where we should really have been, you know, we was getting to know each other, we was in that honeymoon stage. And and she had to she had to try and you know, overcome both them issues and yeah, she's been amazing. And so of her family, like her mum, yeah. her mum Sue, she's the closest I've felt to having a mum in years. Like and I mean yeah. that. She's yeah, she's brilliant. The whole family are brilliant. Um but yeah, and you know, I'm not saying the only way of, you know, being happy is you've got to have someone there. Like you can you can rely on just friends and family, but I definitely think having someone there day to day um, yeah, it's a massive help, and I'd, I'd yeah. recommend it definitely to anyone. To be fair, I, I, I noticed a change because I remember, yeah, when you was in that stage of you know hurting yourself and whatnot, and I was thinking because obviously, like your friends had a different point of view of it. I was don't want to be like controversial, but I was like really angry at you. I mm. generally was because you know I know that it wasn't you, if that makes sense, and I know that if you look back, obviously, like you can look back on yourself now you wouldn't be happy with yourself and unfortunately it's not just going to solve anything it's just going to make you worse mm. and because obviously I've gone through my fair share I wasn't going to be like a yes man to you I wasn't going to be like honestly man, it's going to be all right I, you know I was, I was angry I was like what the hell are you doing to yourself mm. do you know what I mean and it's, it's almost like maybe, good, good cop bad cop wasn't it like I had people there that was yeah. sort of wiping my ass for me and saying oh, I'll be all right come on you'll get through this then I need I also needed that other person that's saying like mate, if you don't sort yourself out, like, we could have a chat about this outside and I'm going to have to knock some sense into you or something. Yeah, because... yeah. And, you know, you was, not... was definitely that person, but I needed it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, because, like, yeah, when, when Izzy came along, I remember how, like, happy you were. And sounds weird, but I felt like a bit of the weight was sort of, like, taken off my sort of, like, shoulders, if that makes sense. Because mm. there were definitely times, like, when I was 
you know, at university that I'd go to bed thinking, like, after we've had a chat, thinking he might not make it. Like, genuinely, like, I might lose my friend tomorrow morning or whatever. But now knowing that obviously you've got someone in your life and not saying you depend on them at all, but they've just made your life better, mm. makes me so much more happy and stuff like that. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm really, really happy for you. Like, no, good. It's, it's good. It's good to see, like, the journey that you've been on, and it's probably only just begun because I think a thing that people have to realise, especially, like, in blokes and stuff like that, is that, you never really recover from mental health. You just learn to manage it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, I think it's important to like recognize that you can't always be waiting for this pinnacle or the end of it where it's just going to stop. You have to work at it every day and doing stuff like this helps. Speaking to people helps. Being active helps. Obviously, it doesn't help that we are in lockdown and some people are on their own, but mm. you have to make the best of like, the situation that you have. That's, like, that's... How do you think... Go on. Sorry, After you. After you. Well, how do you think you're <laughs> like coping? Because obviously you haven't been at work for, you know, a long time, and obviously mm. it is just you and your girlfriend in your house. But like, how are you coping? Well, that's the thing. Like, I was on furlough for six months, mm. um, and Izzy and Dad uh, were still working. So from sort of seven o'clock to seven o'clock, really, I was I was on my own, and I'm glad I'm in the headspace now for that to have happened. Because imagine if that was going on a couple of years ago, like I'd have, uh, that wouldn't have been a good recipe. Like a lot of time on my hands on my own, that would have been a recipe for absolute disaster. But I think now I'm just thinking, okay, like I get up, I get up when I get up when Izzy goes, like it's laying bed all day. I get up. Um, and I think, right, okay, what am I going to do today? Whether it's whether it's literally just play PlayStation, I know that I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something. And mm. I think why I'm trying to do as many episodes of this as I can is because it's you know it's something it's, it's something good to do every day, and it takes a bit of time every day. I then have to do a bit of editing and stuff afterwards, and it's yeah, it just it breaks the day up a bit. And cause I'm, I'm not one of them people that would enjoy this. I can't lay in bed like I'm not mm. one of them people that will lay in bed till 11 o'clock in the morning like just, i never have been um so you've you know it's, it was easy in the first lockdown where it was nice and hot you can go out for a, a, a walk and stuff and just lay in the garden whereas now it's where it's a bit miserable outside i think people they won't be as keen to go out and exercise but i'm a strong believer and i know you'll back me up 100 percent that exercise can be so so beneficial for your frame of mind even if it's, it is just go for a walk or Go yeah. for a run, go for a bike ride, anything. Go to obviously you can't at the minute, but went use the gym if it when it's open again because just going there and getting a bit of body confidence and you know getting the endorphins flowing around your body. It's so so good for your health, physically, mentally. Um, yeah, but I know you're you're the same. I mean, you go to the gym and uh, you do like your boxing and stuff, and I know you'll definitely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can't. Yeah, like you say, stress it enough. Even if it's just walking. Just getting out and literally just like taking a few deep breaths of like fresh air. Like, I'm I'm blessed that I live like near a park just by the Thames. So, you know, if I ever do just feel like I've done anything with my day, going out, going for a walk, or even yeah, going for a run, even though it is cold, it makes you feel so much more like better when you come back and you have like a nice hot shower stuff like that. So, mm. I think yeah, for anyone that's 
in this situation where they are struggling for things to do, just get outside. Yeah. Like, obviously, with the restrictions, it's a little bit difficult, but, you know, just chuck on some jogging bottoms and some running shoes and get away with it. Just go for a walk. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, I can't stress enough just exercising, and, but also just doing stuff like this, like chatting to your mates, getting on Xbox and, you know, just playing a few games. Like, just. I mean, the, the pe- people sort of underestimate the power of PlayStation, Xbox, things like that. People think, mm. oh, Oh, you know, he just sits on there all day. But I mean, if I was a parent and my son was at home, I would rather he was on his PlayStation or on his Xbox, chatting to his mates for hours, just chatting absolute rubbish, but interacting with his friends than just sat yeah. in his room watching Netflix on his own, just going through his Instagram, going through TikTok, things like that. 100%. It's it's people do underestimate it. Like you're on there, you're having a good time, and you're just chatting, chatting to your mates. And but again, there is that there's that little like sort of stigma around around that. Oh yeah, you shouldn't be sitting on your Xbox. Oh, you're a, you're a nerd if you do that. I think it's yeah. bollocks. I think it's absolute bollocks. I think it's so so much better for you to if you are going to sit in your room, at least sit and interact with your friends. Because you know when when you're doing that and you're both sitting there comfortable, very relaxed. Who knows what you might start chatting about. Before you know it, me and you have never spoken about this before for, you know, um, scenario-based sort of thing. We've never spoken about this before, which we're playing Xbox, playing Call of Duty, and all of a sudden I say, oh, do you know what, Greg? I haven't been feeling that great recently. It's all right. Okay, why's that? Why's that? And then before you know it, we're having a back-and-forth conversation. Turns out you feel the exact same. And now a problem shared is a problem halved, and we we might feel a lot better about it. But that wouldn't have happened if we were just sat home watching Netflix swiping through you know all the different social media platforms yeah yeah it is you know like you say it's so important to like just remain like connected and stuff like that like i chat to my family pretty much you know every day chat to my brother every day obviously i live with friends so i'm in like such a blessed situation mm. even though we are in like lockdown there's so many people that do have it worse but i think yeah. if you have access to internet and social media just just message your friends mm. like even if you don't have like an xbox and stuff like that just I mean, that's just even, even, just even with uh, even with my granddad. Like, I don't I don't speak to him because I feel like I need to check up on him. But yeah. you know, he's he's now at home on his own, and so I now make sure that you know every day, if not every other day, I'll message him or video call him, not to check up on him, but just to just some for him to talk to. And yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, it's important for you to make sure you look after yourself, but as a friend or a family member or as a son, as a grandson or as an uncle or a nephew, whatever, it's important to also think, I don't know what, I haven't, I haven't spoke to my granddad this week or I haven't, I haven't, I haven't spoke to Greg in a little while, I might give him a ring. You, you never know how beneficial or influential that one act of kindness and that one phone call can have on that person. Yeah. Uh, you, you just, you never know and you, you never will know, but you just got to try and almost train your mind to almost think, positively and think Joe yeah. I'm going to see if he's all right and then he might repay the favor he might not but but then all of a sudden if you've got a group of friends that are all doing the same thing you're all checking up on each other you're making sure everyone's all right yeah you know it'll just come natural you then don't feel like you need to do, oh I need to check Greg's mental health quickly I've done it today you'll just yeah. ring him up all right Greg how you doing blah blah blah, blah. and it's just natural and I think so many more yeah. people need to feel need to be a bit more like that and and you know just talking about issues I just wish you could completely get rid of that label of that being a big issue, you know, like a big no. And that 
st- I don't want to keep talking about the stigma of it, but that stigma around not being able to talk about it, just, just fuck it off. Yeah. And, you know, bring your mate and have a chat, especially now, even more so now, you know, because you don't know, a lot of people are furloughed. You don't know what their living arrangements are like at home. You don't know how they're feeling at home. So if you are, you know, to the listeners, if, if you've got a pal out there or a, a relative and you, you do worry about them, just give them a ring. You don't, have yeah, to be, yeah. you don't have to talk to them for a couple of hours, just 10-minute conversation. You don't know how, how beneficial that will be. Yeah. And there's there's no shame in it at all. No. Like, there's no shame in losing like, I know a lot of people, because when, for me, when it first happened, I was like, I feel so vulnerable. Do you know what I mean? I've just told everyone everything. And now I feel like they're just going to use it against your blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, like, people's natural instinct is to just care for one another. Do you know what mm. I mean? So don't ever feel like ashamed of just like reaching out and saying like, mate, I'm not okay. Because like you say, nine times out of 10, some might be like, do you know what I mean? I don't, I feel the same. I don't feel mm. too good either. Like, the, the thing is as well, I think, I think the way we're, we're wired and the way we're programmed, like it's not a natural thing to pick up a phone and ring someone and say, hi mate, I'm not all right. Yeah. Some, I do think people, a lot of people, they need, they need a little, little nudge and if that is yeah. someone just saying you're right and you say yeah, yeah no 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 no, you, you sure you're right you can talk to me that little yeah. nudge might might be all they need I mean there might be some people that don't need a nudge that is no I'm not all right and, and chat other people you might have to dig a little bit deeper so definitely a message to uh, to the people listening is you know don't don't get put off just by someone saying I'm okay I'm fine yeah. sometimes you do need to dig a little bit deeper and and just build a little bit of trust with someone before they they trust you enough to to talk about it because yeah. you think the issues they might have if, if they don't want to talk about it there's probably a reason and they might have to really really trust you in order to mm. to let them let that guard down and and talk about whatever the problem is yeah because i mean i think that's how it is between like me and you know because when particularly you was going through it like i think the heaviest was last year like last year um yeah i was just i was just like let me just check on just check on time it became sort of like so natural and then i know 100 percent you've repaid the favor to me mm. you know it'd literally be out of nowhere i'd get a message from you just go right mate i'd be like i'm not actually yeah. and then we just had like a good you know half an hour conversation and then you know from the start of the conversation to the end of the conversation you realize oh maybe there was like nothing to worry about or i can rely on you like you're such a good mate and stuff like that and i think it's yeah just make it like a habit between like friends and stuff like that just just check out for one another you know like you say like asking the question twice of are oh, you right because nine times out of ten i was going to be like yeah, i'm all right but just say again like no like, mate are oh, you okay because then that's when people are like ah and, and and that's so important and i think as time goes on i generally think that it will like normalize like i genuinely think that because you know it's getting brought up in so many different sort of like ways now and it is it's such a normal thing to do and i think it gives a lot of confidence to maybe those who are older who didn't have that sort of like support system you know perhaps like your dad or you know my parents they didn't probably have this sort of platform you know when they were probably younger they was like if you felt sad it told you to man up do you yeah. know what i mean like, i had an experience like that um was it like three years ago four years ago it was like three years ago um where yeah i was so anxious and i say like yeah depressed i was sad and a family member was like no you're not 
it's all in your head. And I was like, is it? And do you know what I mean? Because you listen to your parents so much, you're like, oh, maybe they're right. But then in the back of my head, I was like, I'm not right. Do you know what I mean? There was mm. such a contrast of, you know, the, the sort of like thought behind it. There was literally like, man up, like you're not anxious, you're not depressed, like grow up. At the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But then looking back and I was like, that's such the wrong thing to do. do you know what yeah. I mean? And it made me look at 10 times worse. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this, this, this podcast is, it's mainly aimed at our sort of age people. But I mean, if there, if there are sort of parents listening to this, who might be listening for a bit of knowledge or a bit of understanding for their own children, then I think, I think parents have got to be a little bit more open-minded and vigilant yeah about about life now i mean things like this are accepted now um whereas like you say back in the day you was told to man up um and again my granddad is a, a prime example of that he was he's you know he's 80 now and he's in that generation where you know when he was 18 he was going to war well no, no maybe not that old but <laughs> yes yeah, i've done him here as well old he is but he uh you know, but that that sort of generation, he was yeah. these sort of issues. They they were there. I'm I'm a strong believer that the pressure thing has been been around for years. It's just not been recognised. So then, when I was suffering, um, he obviously knew me as is. I was a bit like his pride and joy. Really, I was you know I was the football boy. You know, I was going places in football. He was always proud yeah. of my football. So then, I dread, I've never actually asked him personally, but I dread to think how seeing me doing what I was doing, how much that probably affected him. Um, but then he didn't give me the cold shoulder over it. He didn't say man up. He went online. He, he openly admitted, he said, I've got no understanding of what you're doing. I don't understand it. But he then didn't push me away for doing it. He then went online, went on Google and printed out pages and pages of information so he could at least try and understand it. And I think so many more people, adults, could benefit from doing that not necessarily printing out bits of paper but just being a little yeah. bit more open-minded to it and thinking okay like th this is a problem now in today's world i don't understand it personally but i'm at least going to try and to to anyone listening now that you think that could be you like just have a little look on the internet there is you know there's a lot of information out there as to how to help someone that might be suffering mentally signs to look for triggers like greg said earlier um, and where to go if you if you do need a bit of help because yeah. there's a lot there are there's a lot of stresses in young people now people think that you know young kids live stress-free they don't you know the bullying is a massive stress someone could be suffering from work having no money um exams school in general girls boys there's so many stresses that i think are underestimated and could be you know you might think or i might think oh oh, compared to what I went through, Greg, you know, trying to get your bite, Nick, that's nothing. But in your life, that's, that, that's, that was bad. Like, you hadn't got anything else to compare it to. And I think so many people, they think, oh, I won't talk about it because, you know, there's probably other people going through worse things. Yeah, there probably are, but that don't mean that your issue isn't an issue. Yeah. And I think... If you could, so, yeah, if you could give yourself one bit of advice to yourself, um how far should we go back maybe like three years ago what, what, what been more like eight, 18 is that right no how old would we have been? it would have been 2017 so it would have been a few months after so 19 um, yeah 19 a few months after your mum died what sort of advice would you give yourself i think what i did at the time um 
is I completely didn't accept what had happened. Um, I, I chucked myself into fundraising, which was good. I'm not going to say that that wasn't good. It was good. But in doing that, I didn't then accept what had happened. And I think that's why my real mental health problems were delayed. Uh, when I went to the doctors, they said that I was suffering with delayed grieving because um, I didn't allow myself to accept what had happened. Um, so I think my advice going back was if you do have something that happens to you, whether it's, you know, catastrophically bad, like a really close person dying or your girlfriend splitting up with you, whatever the issue is, accepting it as early as you possibly can and then trying to deal with it in the best way possible is the best thing you can do. Delaying it and sinking it and burying it deeper and deeper into your body, it's, it's not going to help anyone. And I, I wish I hadn't put all of my issues and just buried them and I wish I'd spoke to someone earlier. Like I was offered counselling when my mum had died. So I said, oh, you should probably speak to someone. I see this is a big loss to you. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Um, I've, I've got a football match next week. I'll be fine. And at the time, yeah. I, I generally felt like that was the right thing to do. But I think yeah. looking back now, definitely I'd, I'd suggest myself if I could, you know, put the clocks back, just accept what had happened and accept it, learn to deal with it. Um, and just get the help you need earlier and sooner rather than later. Yeah. What about you? I think, um, well, for me, I think all in all, I'd probably just stay off substances um, in that sort of like loosest of terms. Like, mm. Don't go to drinking loads. Don't go to smoking loads don't go to doing drugs and stuff like that because it genuinely will do nothing for you like you know before for me it got like the worst that's what i was like doing because it was fun and i enjoyed it but looking back it's now given me absolutely nothing it's just given me well yeah like i say just like more sort of like not problems but do you know what i mean it's just affected me in such like a long-term way like on my mental health which i'm okay now but i know that if i stopped it i wouldn't be as do you know what i mean if that makes sense mm. i wouldn't have to look out for myself as much so for anyone that's going through anything yeah just don't don't turn to substances whether it, even it is just like smoking a joint with your mates just to calm down stuff like that. it doesn't it doesn't work i think the best thing to do is eat well sleep well Obviously, like, go and enjoy yourself and stuff like that. But, yeah, eat well, sleep well, exercise, and just talk to people. And try and just remain as present as possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think what's so important to understand, and I know probably people think, like wouldn't agree with it, but what's happened in the past has happened. You can't change that. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? And I yeah. it's like you say, like, you have to accept it early. You can't change what's happened. But you can definitely change what's going to happen in the future. Do you know what I mean? You can mm -hmm. sort of, like, align it into that sort of like direction so yeah man, just just look after yourself and as much as you think like now this is like the worst it is blah 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 the world's coming it will get better things mm. just do get better with time and i think you're an advocate for that you know where you've come me myself as well and i think so many people like just looking after yourself day by day doing the same sort of like routine as much as you think it's boring it's going to help you six to 12 months down the line without you even knowing 
Yeah. And then you get to that point where you're like, oh shit, like, I'm a legend. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in such a better place just from doing them small little daily routines, just from checking up on people. You have this, like you say, perspective, a whole new perspective mm. on life. And yeah. Like, you know, for me, I haven't done drugs in, it was four years, um, four years, three days ago. Do you know what I mean? And I've never, like, felt better. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously, like, things have been offered to me and stuff like that. And there's been situations where I think, and even though I'm in a good place now, I just think, no, don't need it because it, it just does nothing for me. And for anyone that's in those sort of circles, obviously, like, I'm not your dad, but just think twice, like, generally think twice. And I think for anyone that's been in the same situation as me would, like, fully agree with that as well. Mm. Well, I think that's, I think we'll, uh, we'll leave it there now, Greg. Um massive thank you for, for joining me on today's episode if you, if you enjoyed yourself i very much enjoyed myself man. i think it's been a it's been a long time coming between me and you yeah yeah i mean me, me and greg have conversations like this a lot and i think the reason i was so keen to get him on board not only because he's one of my best best friends but he he offers a very different perspective than others and he's i said to him before we come on you know if you don't agree with something i've done in the past you know don't sugarcoat it and tell me and you know i've I do owe a lot to to Greg um, and other people in that little uh, little circle of friends like Ross, Luke, people like that. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for for coming on today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank Absolutely you very much uh, to everyone else. That is the end of today's episode. Um, a big thank you, like I said at the start, to everyone that's been supporting what I've been doing. Um, uh, if you if you want to check out the video, it'll be on YouTube. Uh, Chat to Mac. It's now also on Skype. Uh, not Skype, Spotify. Um, again, chat to Mac. And keep keep tuned in for the future episodes. But for now, it's a farewell from myself and Greg. Greg, thank you very much. Slap, boy. In a bit. See you soon. See you soon.